believe me, it's much more vulnerable to sit here with your audience and you and say, I don't know. I don't know what's ahead. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm unsure. I'm on a little bit of shaky ground, but you know, I'm being honest with you. I'm being vulnerable. And I find that ever since having cancer and sharing that, what that does is it opens other people's walls to say, me too. Yeah. You know, I'm 20 and I'm there. I'm 70 and I'm there. I don't know either, but it's okay. Can't be the uncensored podcast with our guest Kim Douglas, lifestyle and beauty expert, and our part two conversation of something that was really an authentic uh, part of my joy being with Kim. It was really a vulnerable, heartfelt conversation that I cannot wait for you to grab your coffee and your cannoli and listen in because here we go. You can't live in an ice cream parlor. And think life is just going to be a bunch of scoops of ice cream because it's not. And that does not make it wrong or bad or harder or whatever. No, let's be authentic. Let's be honest. This is why I do this podcast. This is why I spend two hours. Because it's right about now that we start to get into that. We really are gathered around campfire. We really are like pulling back the curtain. And we are really having a heartfelt conversation because... Most of us aren't taking the time to do this. Mm -hmm. And this is what to me is so important to talk about. How do you see it? How do you feel? How did that affect you? For me, it did affect me because I got to reflect and go, wow. And I even said again in the recording, this is like noise in my head that I had nobody to turn to and talk about. I didn't actually realize until a few years ago, my brother and I were talking about how we'd be horrified to go like we love going to temple not because we we're religious kids but it was a very positive actually yeah, like successful pretty. people well put together from head to toe women were just pride pride mm-hmm. it wasn't about money it wasn't about oh those jews and their money no these were people of all walks of life yeah. who just put some effort into their prep because they cared because they Right. Because they had perspective. And you said it earlier that the generations that raised us, the generations that raised us went through a depression. Yep. Tough. And no matter how they fared through it, I know people who became uber wealthy during the depression and other people it took, you know, de- generations to recover. Right. Yeah. And and so I certainly know that I was taught some very great foundational things that I'm thankful for it because I think it's, it set me apart in my own way, but yeah. doesn't make me different or better, but it's given me some rules of engagement to play by. And um, I think going back to what you also said earlier on, sadly, people get lost. Yeah. And I think that through something like this can make people, I mean, mental health sadly has just been like, you know, it's funny, Kim. It's not funny, haha, anyway, but it's funny that 
again in the 60s, my parents were like all about therapy. So therapy was like, no big deal. It was like, you went to the dentist, you went to your therapist. Wow. This was a household that was raised in very advanced, yeah. very open, open concept homes with literally in the 60s, we like had barely any walls besides the bedrooms, lots of glass, you know, art, culture, blah, blah. I was really, really, really lucky, yeah. really lucky. But, you know, that did not make it bliss. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was a lot of not bliss and all that pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which which is kind of interesting when you go into Hollywood because it's kind of parallel. It is for right? sure. It's, it's like a tiny on the outside and all, you know, oh yeah. And then you see behind. Yeah. And and it's interesting because we also talked about um, you know, your network or who you know and having an eye on prize and all those things. It is interesting. I, like you, I had no connections. Even even when going to film school and being in theater and fine arts, still no connections. I mean, I'm in some of the best pro schools, no connections. Honest to God, there are moments I go, I have no idea how I succeeded. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because it was by like the grace of- God, yeah. Energy, God, yeah. all of it. So you're, you know, you do come into, you may not have become Jessica Savage, but you became yeah. Kim Douglas. Right. No, you're right. And like you said earlier, it isn't necessarily that people have to stay on this, you know, path of there's the goal and you must go there. We all pivot and, and pivoting is part of staying on your path too, because you have to be open to, listen, when I was you know, in my head at 12 thinking, I'm going to be a news anchor in New York. Did I ever think I'd be, you know, with a 40 year old lesbian comedic genius on in Hollywood doing, you know, uh, improv every day for 19 years, never in a million years. But that opportunity presented itself through a, a bunch of other things, which is an interesting story. And I jumped on it and I took it. So, you know, yeah, you, you have to be open to that and, and be doing your part in, uh, in getting it done and, and getting towards your goal. You can't just sit back and be like, well, I hope that my connections open this door or whatever. You know, it's really funny about that, that whole backstory, because I don't know the whole backstory, but you know, uh, you may or may not know this about me, but, um, you know, I knew about Oprah before Oprah became Oprah. And I also was Ellen's hair and makeup artist before Ellen came out for years. Yeah, yeah I, I was her personal. And, um, oh. when you and I, yeah, when you and I met at Soap Talk and then, the, you know, as we were wrapping things up and the opportunity of the doors opening. I mean, I totally saw that that hat was going to happen. Like I see some other things happening for you, by the way. And these are these are things that I can't control but yeah um and so you know i saw oprah's future becoming oprah's future and um this was in 1983 i was in the university and i was um i don't know if you'd ever been to chicago like the water tower from michigan yeah you know it's like a cousin city yeah cousin exactly yeah. so we so you, so as you remember water tower place opened in the 70s yeah. we would go there like my father and mother loved taking us to sunday brunches <laughs> Fabulous. I, love I wish I could go right now. <laughs> so the Ritz Carlton had opened up there. So we oh. would go to a Sunday brunch and, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
Anyhow, one of my dearest friends in college, and I've shared this story before, but there's a reason for it, and I aligned with you, whose parents were from Ohio and plucked out of Ohio by Ray Kroc and sent to London to start McDonald's in England. Shut up. True story. True story. Made them mega million, you know. Had a condo in the Water Tower Place condominium section. And we're there visiting one day, hanging out, a few college friends, still at school, but you know, took a little, took a little trip. And randomly my friend just says something about this woman moving in across the way. And don't know why, but mentions her name. And I'm the only one that goes, Oprah. And they were like, yeah, Felicia, Chuck just said Oprah. And I was like, yeah, I know he did. What Oprah just moved in across from your parents. He's like, what's the big deal, Felicia? Kim, this is when she was a little show yeah. in Chicago yeah. that yeah. nobody knew. I said, do you have pen and paper? I literally wrote her a love letter. Literally wrote her a love letter saying, I see. And I literally tell her what her future is going to become. Wow. And how I'm a college student. So no different than you in high school at 16. I'm a college student. And this is what I want to do when I get out. Because why? Because talk shows were my thing. And female comedians were my thing. And smart, funny people were my thing. And great conversation was my thing. So I'd be the girl leaning in going, I want to do that. I want to do that. So to that point. So I did that and I slipped it under a door. Well, Kim, this is a secured building. It wasn't until years later that I pre- I went, holy shit, this woman must have been like, how in God's name did this get into a condominium? Oh my gosh. But I didn't think that way. And then ironically, I ended up working with, and I don't know why this, their names have escaped me, but I was working with a lot of other celebrities. I'd already had my run with Ellen. It's now ironically 9-11. Strangely, I'm now aligned with this other actor who I'm doing rehearsals with at the Emmys for like Ellen's first actual hosting position. And I mean, I would travel with Ellen for I, years. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you didn't know this. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, it was kind of crazy because I loved and adored her. And she tried to get me in the union twice. And mm-hmm. and then she couldn't. And so we went our separate ways. And it was all great and for no reason. Literally, though, at the Emmys, we're running into each other through security. She doesn't know who I am from a hole in the wall. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Ha- what? Like. I'd actually never witnessed anything like this in my entire life. Like I could have been in a, with a campmate who I hadn't seen in 30 years and I still knew their nail bed. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was one of those moments where I was like, what? Like it was just you and me traveling around, me keeping your secrets. Like what? So it was fascinating. And I was so thrilled for you that you got to be in that realm because you deserve to be seen on that platform. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how I have seen these, you know, these, I mean, Ellen is, she is a genius. She's yeah. what I loved. I would remember being on like the side of the stage when she'd be delivering this very clean, you know, not, a, not yeah. offensive, 
having people bent over. I was like, I love this so much. And, you know, being with funny women who I've yeah. been aligned with a lot of funny women over the years of, which is also why I've always adored you because you're funny, you're smart, you have great comedic timing. You have a lot to share. You have a lot of reflection, you know, and I, I mean, you're, you're like the Jessica Savage meets Lucille Ball to me. Oh, wow. I love that. You can, I hope you that. love that. I hope that that was a compliment. Oh my gosh. Two icons. I mean, I should be so lucky, but yeah. Yeah. But you do have, you do have that, like you have that it factor, Kim, you have that, you do have that, that stardust. You do have that own signature style. And, and I would run with that. I would really run with that and like really take that on more than you already have. Yeah, I'm a little at a crossroads right now. Funny enough, I was contacted by the Golden Bachelor. Um, I know, I felt the same way <laughs> when you just went, I'm like, wait, what? Um, what would Jerry be saying up there? Um, and it, at the time, believe it or not, this only in Hollywood, Felicia, you're either, you know, too short or too old or too fat or too skinny or too whatever. Yeah. And, um, I, for some reason I was very vulnerable and I went through the process because somebody from the Ellen show who ended up going to the bachelor, uh, called me up and said, we think you'd be really fun. And, um, I was too young at the time. They only wanted women 65 and older. So again, in Hollywood, I was too old, you know, there's all, you're too something. So, yeah. um, anyway, and, and that all worked out just fine, but I am at a crossroads right now, you know, um, Ellen ended. I thought that was going to go on forever. It was the number one talk show for, I was on a show on Hallmark called Home and Family that ended because of a lot of different things. Um, and then, you know, Jerry passed away, mom passed away, my son moves to New York. So it's a, it's a big, um, a big shift in the ground in my foundation of 40 years, all, you know, all of the ground shifted and it will be interesting to see how I will um, navigate that. And, you know, I have a couple of choices. Listen, my first choice, which actually sounds really kind of good, is let me pull the blinds. Let me stay in my house. Let me eat whatever I want. I love, please don't judge the Real Housewives. I'll just put them on 24-7. <laughs> I don't have to think. I can just, you know, you don't have to know what's going on in the world. There's no wars. There's no anti, everything. They're just yelling at each other because I copied your black top and you didn't want me to and I'm wearing it anyway, blah, blah. And not really deal and just, I'm just going to do that. And you know what? That is option one. And it's really a very viable option for me. I could mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And there's other options. They're scarier. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen, Felicia. I really don't know. It's a, it's a, a scary, exciting, uncertain time. And I think there's a lot of women and maybe men that are out there in the same position that I'm in. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope you'll have me back on in the years to come so I can tell you how this. Oh, goes. well, for certain I am. And it's funny that you mentioned it because I do think that there is a, a, a between the world at large over the last few and a half years and, and emotional state of mind 
universally speaking and recovery and loss and all and readjusting and all of the pivots and all the things. Yeah, I think that, um, I think also it's interesting to be at a stage where people either really do check out and just go, I'm done. Yeah. Did my thing. Don't need to prove another thing. Boom. I'm done. I've never been of that mindset, Kim. And I don't think you are either. No. I don't care how independently wealthy I am, how many awards I've won, how much I've succeeded or not. I personally think like living to the fullest is yeah. barely just begun. Like, and I don't even know what that looks like, but I have a lot of desire to find out. Yeah. And that's how I look at it because again, being curious of nature, like you and I both are, I don't think it would serve us very well no, <laughs> to I'm... not be engaged in the world. And yeah, I mean, I'd love nothing more than to sit here with like a, you know, platter full of cannolis and a few yeah, other exactly. go to town and not that I haven't, but I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forwards. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think that goes like eye on the prize. Okay, so great. So you've achieved these things. Or so great. So these things have ended. So now what? You know, for you, I do think it's endless. I mean, I think you're going to be on the Drew Barrymore show. Like, no. I think that that's your next thing. I that I don't know why I say that, but I think that that would be a perfect place for you. And I know why, for lots of different reasons. Okay. Um and if not that show, then it's going to be something like that, that you can be your authentic self. I like that. And that you'll be appreciated and loved and you'll, your flavor will be perfect with the realm that it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that realm. I just know what I like as an audience. And, and, you know, you and I both know this better than ever. And, you know, this is not to call out like our industry, but what you see in front of the camera and what you see as an audience member is not necessarily what's going on behind closed doors. No different than narcissism or no different than violence or no, di- mm-hmm. and I'm not making it bad. I'm just saying, listen, we as a community, speaking of community, have to be a lot more conscious of how we take care of one another and treat one another because the truth of the matter is we don't do it alone. Exactly. Nobody shines in front of the camera without a a huge community behind it. And none of those people just didn't show up to like be abused or spoken to badly or treated in a man like whatever and I'm not saying it's one-sided or not I'm saying it's all infiltrates and so I think that also we have to be very cognizant like I think like a studio head this is sounds really crazy but I know I can say it to you like yeah I know you're gonna be like that crazy ass Felicia no I get it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) I do. I think about like, how do you bring creators together to understand one another and what our ultimate goal is? Mm-hmm. And we'll, at the end of the day, we're serving our audience. That's who we're here to serve. Right. How do we make them feel heard, seen, and affected in the way that we want to positively? Doesn't mean we don't tell hard stories, but how? And I think that what people forget behind like this Wizard of Oz, so to speak. Yeah. Is that, you know, the audience doesn't have to stay with us if they don't want to. Yeah. 
For sure. And we have to be super sensitive to like, that doesn't mean you always have to make it politically correct or whatever, but you have to be aware that like, the industry doesn't exist without the audience. If you don't have content for, if you don't have an audience to watch the content, then what, you know, that's why, that's why Taylor Swift's movie was the hugest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you thought it was great or not. Um, it was it the documentary. I didn't get to see it. It was the, it was the concert coverage. Oh, the concert put coverage. together yeah. into a yeah. movie and now sold it to AMC and God knows what. Yeah. And without, okay. without any middleman. Wow. It's like a genius freaking move. Like, talk about yeah, a so woman smart. who, like her or not, you don't have to be a yeah. Swifty. So you are a rock star because your brain has just, and everybody around you is supporting this manifestation. Yeah. May it be used for all good reasons versus, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, with that kind of power, I hope that you use it for good causes. Absolutely. And um, I just think that we just need to be super sensitive. I think what your genius is, Kim, is, um, and what I appreciate about us circling back with each other after all these years, yeah. um, is, with all the things that you love, your family, your career, your growth, all the things, for me, you've always felt like you don't feel any different today than you did in 2003, four when I first met you, right? No, no. No. Do I feel any different to you? No. But Same. a lot of life, but a lot of life has happened. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I mean, we're talking almost 20 years. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's a lot of life. And what I... What I love about that, and it's interesting because this is true of all my friends back in the Midwest, they're all like solid people, mm -hmm. no matter what they do in the world, how much they shine and achieve and whatever. They're still the same people that, you know, you rode your bike down to the cul-de-sac or, yeah. you, you know graduated from college together or whatever. Not because people didn't come from all over the world, of course. Um, and you and I, in those 20 years, have not only gone through different shifts of the people we've aligned with and work and family dynamics shifting, but we also both went through some health stuff. You breast cancer, my mine both thyroid and now ovarian cancer. And I want to just speak on that for just a second, not to like, you know, make it a, about a cancer story, but your mindset, like when you got diagnosed, like what was that journey like for you? Uh, so when I got diagnosed, the first thing that went through my mind was just like, I've got to get this out. Then the second thing that went through my mind was I didn't understand. And I'm one of those people Felicia, that I really get my dander up. It takes a lot to get my dander up because I love to just, you know, laugh and be funny and do like more of the, the lighter fare. But I really hate injustice. And I mean that in all aspects. Um, I did everything right. Like I didn't, I drank my green juices. I kept my weight in check. I didn't drink that much. I mean, maybe on a Friday night with dinner with Jerry, we'd have a glass of red wine. 
oh my God, big deal. Never smoked. Um, you know, they say if you have a pregnancy that you bring to full term, it's another thing you won't get cancer. If you don't smoke, if you don't do alcohol, if you get exercise, I mean, literally, Felicia, if you did the thing, everything that science tells us that we have to do, I was every check mark. And I got stage three breast cancer. My mother was 96, no, 96 when she died. Never had breast cancer. My aunts, my cousins, my, I don't have any sisters, but no one in my, my dad was told, you know, so you tell me how, how does that, you know? So I felt like it was an injustice, if you will, but cancer is no respecter of persons. And the thing about cancer is they don't care if you're non-binary, if you're he, her, him, what, black, white, Protestant, Jewish, it hits you. So um, then I got mad and I was like, I don't understand. I did all the stuff that they told me that I was supposed to do. And I got really mad at God. And then I got determined. My next stage was then determined, you know what? Cancer picked the wrong girl and I'm going to show you. And then I fought it with everything I could, had the double mastectomy, had the radiation, lost the hair, which I know you went through, um, the eyebrows, the eyelashes. And then at the very end, when I really, my body had just been so poisoned and destroyed by also fixed by um, chemo and all the drugs and all the radiation. Um, I didn't have anything else to fight. I just was like, you know what? I'm pretty well, I'm pretty well fried. And um, I tell this story all the time, so I'll make it shorter for you. But in my backyard, way in the back, um, there's like this kind of pathway that the the people built. And um, one day I was so lost, Felicia, that I just started walking down this brick pathway and I didn't know where it was leading. I didn't know where it was going, but I just was so lost and I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to be around happiness. I didn't want to be around people living their life because my life was so destroyed. And so I walked down this path, blah, blah. I'm walking, I'm walking and the path kind of ends and um, there were some rocks to the side of it and there was cement and a railing on the other side and it just ended abruptly, uh, kind of like my health journey. I'm going along and then all of a sudden, boom, oh, you've got a mammogram. Oh, you have cancer. Like, wait, what? Um, and so I'm standing there and I look up to heaven because much like you, I went to Sunday school my whole life. I was raised in a very uh, religious home and that's always been my foundation. And so I looked up to God and I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm, and I'm not this person. I don't think you are either. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. And I don't think I can keep going on, but I knew I had Hunter and I knew I had Jerry and I knew Jerry was approaching his battle as well, health battle. And I was like, I have to be here for a little bit longer, but I need a sign if I'm going to make it through because I just don't know if I can do it. And much like you, and I love how you started our conversation about the fairy dust, because I wanted that shiny thing, Felicia, and you're kind of a shiny girl. You know, you, you make people pretty, you make people feel good. I like to make people. So we want the shiny things, the shinier, the more I'm attracted to it. And I was like, you know, Lord, can you bring a butterfly? Can you bring a leaf that falls and lands on my shoulder? Can, you know, and I'm getting all, you know, esoteric and nothing. Not one thing happened. Not, not a bird, 
not a bee, not a fly, nothing. It was just silence. So I'm out there, all these trees around me. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting, God. I said, you know, I believed in you my whole life. And I always talked about you. And I was always faithful to you. And now I need you. You're nowhere to be found. You don't show up. Interesting. When I'm on Ellen, oh, you're there. When I'm, you know, around. But now I'm here with bald, no eyebrows, no hair, green. I've lost 17 pounds in six months. I look like shit. And you don't show up. Great. So um, I was absolutely defeated, Felicia. And I don't get there easily. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I just literally had nothing left, no strength. And I hung my head in absolute giving up. And when I looked down, the path had ended, the brick path, and there were rocks to the side of it. And then, like I said, this railing. But I found myself standing on a old, ugly, cut down oak tree stump, the stump of an oak tree. And they had to stop the bricks because they couldn't, this oak tree was so strong and so sturdy and the rocks and the cement, they had to also cut because the oak tree was gonna stand no matter what. And the roots went down so deep, it was gonna cost the construction people so much more money to dig so far down. So my feet were planted completely in the center of this oak tree. And I felt, I don't want to get all weird on you, but I felt like a jolt or some kind of a thing go through my body. And it was like, I've been holding you up this whole time. You've been standing on solid ground. My roots are so deep. They're not the shiny, pretty butterfly, Hollywood, all that. It's ugly, dirty, cut down oak tree, but it can't be destroyed. And you're standing in the middle of it. And I'm holding you in the palm of my hand. You're going to make it. And you're going to tell your story and you're going to help other people. And I am always here. And I turned around and I fought like hell. And I, my hair, as you know, Felicia, we talked about it. This is all mine. There's no extensions. My eyebrows, my but everything came back and it came back richer and deeper and with more depth in my life than I ever had before. And, um, that's how I got through cancer. I absolutely love that share. I wish you, of course, you hadn't had to go through it, but what I, but my takeaway from hearing you, yeah. You said it right off the bat, like you love, you know, you love laughter and you love the shiny things and, you know, that's what you're drawn to. And then you, we, wouldn't it be nice to just keep it light, like the ice cream parlor yeah. kind of mentality, yeah. right? Yeah. And I have you to had to think about this, Kim, because I, my name needs happiness. I love yeah. nothing more than to laugh and be like, you are I'm also super, super deep. Yes, you are. And so I know that sometimes the deep can be like, but you now understand from my sharing that my deep came from a very young age of impact. That doesn't make it wrong or right or victimy yeah. or anything. It's just an is, which is which is something that came when other friends were so plain yeah. and discovering. And I was like, oh shit, this is grown up shit already. Yeah. Okay, that's not my point. 
coming to the story about cancer and your journey, the arc of your experience, and then the being shown the sign of you've been standing on the deepest of roots, the stoicness of this wood, this oak, this tree that has to be held up in everywhere because it's so powerful, this like unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. That defines exactly. I mean, this is no smoke blowing up my your dress kind of statement. This is the definitive of who I see you being from the arc of I'd rather be laughing and have the shiny thing sure. to the deepest rooted like wow moment of now who I stand before you is this person because because that to me it makes you even more delicious I know I use that word but I mean that I know, like it's a great like, it's a great word because it's it's because of who you're rooted is yeah. who you are rooted as yeah. that oak tree that stands within you that is your force of nature that you have stood upon that you've been held up by that you've been hanging around that you've been hanging on they've been wrapped around that's wrapped around you yeah. all those things you know it's such a great you know i there's nothing lulu la la about any of this because for me this is like you know whether you study mysticism or you study Jesus or you study Kabbalah or you study the Quran or what we yeah. all have these things that all come back to the same thing which is symbolism yeah. tradition signs belief hope you're speak right to me show me right. all the things right and the power of the mind yeah yeah and the power of will and the power of decisions again going back to decisions and I learned going through thyroid cancer yeah that the strongest organ in my body was my mindset was this and so I was way more isolated during that time even though I was working yeah. isolated yeah. because like even though people knew it was a very strange experience very strange like it was kind of weird like I thought wow people are really acting like be good to have me out of the way and I was like who are these people like you're not my tribe like, yeah no, no, that's no. not how my tribe would be people I grew up with yeah and I was just a really you know and I went through it four times over five years and I kept showing up leading teams working in triple digit heat with lead actors going you know what the hell and I'd be like what do you mean what the hell like I'm here to take care of you like what what there's nothing more to discuss and and I would just because I knew that that the industry wasn't going to be as very supportive of it strangely though weirdly Kim I'd see friends going through breast cancer and then it was all about like oh the and I was like yeah. wow is it the body part did you get the most popular cancer or did you just get the kind of oh my gosh how wild there's you know felicia so crazy so crazy and I even remember my friend of mine went to also breast cancer. Another friend of mine went to breast cancer also during the beginning of the pandemic. And people found a way to circle around her. And we were doing a lot of work together. And I said, you know, 
this is going to sound really crazy. And this is before I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So it's kind of crazy, my observation. And it's not a me, whoa, versus you. or, But it's like fascinating, you know, what that was about. Because I had to ask myself, like, what was it about me? Because I, I really wanted to, like, to figure it out. And I was like, maybe it's just I needed to just see things for what they were and to like recalibrate or do whatever like there's no like no necessarily all the answers but I did take advantage of that time to really start to like go okay my future self wants to look like this and my future self wants to surround myself with this and my investment in myself wants to look like this and those are the things I started molding together back in 2011 going forward and it's interesting how then with a, with this period of now going through ovarian cancer and like yourself, I am all about fairness. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, I don't have history of cancer in my family. So weird. So I know that, you know, we're talking about like death threatening kind of cancer, sadly, you know, whereas thyroid, it was like, oh, yeah, no, if you're going to get cancer, cancer is, that's the best. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, great. Uh, yeah. so, so, um, so it's interesting, because um, one of the things that I realized, which was I, nobody cares, but but I do believe that all the things that I've loved and I've been passionate about, I still love and passionate. I don't want to deny that I was pre-med or my fine arts or whatever. I've had to deny so much because of so many other people's insecurities or whatever they have. And I don't know because I don't walk through worlds or rooms going, oh, they're insecure, they're jealous. Like, I don't like that. I, I like to like raise people up. So I don't think of people that way, but I couldn't fully be myself and then when this happened and thank god what had happened for me was the last three years allowed me to start doing some really messy uncomfortable things i.e with social media and i started hearing my mom like tell stories be right you write your words use your words do all she'd been wanting me to do this for quite some time so I started slowly but surely doing that. But I also heard that it's very selfish to keep your information to yourself because you never know who needs to hear it. I love that. And that's what gave me the beginnings of the courage on top of my trainer who said, Felicia, you need to document your stuff because you never know what it might turn into. Right, right. There was no plan. It was just document. So literally, you know, I never went to the place. I, see, I was misdiagnosed for four months. Oh. So for me, I was pissed when I found out my diagnosis because four months had gone by. Oh. And at that point, I wanted to take somebody out. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't being seen and heard as I know myself to be seen and heard. Right, right, right. I get that. And that I advocate on and all the things that I speak on. So long and the short of it, for me, that was my kind of like fire in the belly. Yeah. And I had already had this fire in the belly. It's just that a lot of people didn't know about it, yeah. you know. 
I actually have to say, this is going to sound like such a strange statement and just very kind of raw, but like I got mad at my cleaning, our cleaning help when she commented on the pads in the waste paper basket, because I was like, okay, you, you just crossed the line with me like that, you know, and it's so layered. But in the end, I really knew it was her loving on me and caring about me and wanting to know if I was okay, because she'd been around me for so long. So crazy. Like, that's just a little, like, dust in the wind statement. Wow. So I realized that, you know, when I was in the hospital, I recorded myself for the first, I had, I didn't realize it wasn't my first time. I thought it was, but it wasn't really. I found out recently. Um, but I recorded myself. And then some really funny moment happened where somebody knocked on the door and asked if I wanted a blessing or if I wanted a prayer or something. And I was like, I'll take all the blessings and prayers. Yeah, why not? And she looked to me like I described her. She might not even be remotely like this, but in my mind, she reminded me of like this older version of a Gilda Radner. Oh my God. She salt and pepper hair and like the oversized what? sweater and the oversized skirt and basically oh, like stops with like the Hoka tennis shoes. Oh, like, and I was like, come on, come sit down. I'm in my hospital gown in my bed, sit down. We end up having this amazing like TED talk meets philosophy, meets belief, meets, you know, the wise and all that. We finished. She's like, seriously, who are you? She's like, you know, all you've been talking about is advocating for everybody else, like not about your journey. And I was like, because people need to understand that it's no, my story is just uh, meant to be to help people take action with their own lives and their own well-being, because I was healthy. I was in great shape. I don't I don't smoke and drink yeah I'll admit I've like pot over the years but but yeah. that doesn't you know right. whatever but I'm not a drinker yeah. I've never been abusive my biggest abuse has been I've carried extra weight was that my thyroid was it that this was that it doesn't really matter I'm a Sicilian Jewish girl I like food but that right. doesn't mean anything either like it's just okay there we are yeah. but there was no reason other than you have been diagnosed and then it was a matter of how you took action. And what I loved about what you said was, you know, your determination. And no matter all the things that we both went through, which was the exposure to these toxic chemicals and how it affected us physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things. Because at the end of the day, I know you and I both have a lot of vanity. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to want to take my clothes off and, you know, like, a, but you might want to paint me. There you go. Like, you know, but I mean, it's like, I'm not denying anything about, you know, I I, like, even this morning, I was like, seriously, own it. This is who you are. Love it. Because you never know, because it doesn't matter. Like the bottom line is none of this shit matters. And that, that's really the parallel to this whole journey is that I'm grateful that you were given the root of the oak tree sign. Yes. And I do believe in all those things. This is how I teach with mindfulness and intuitive healing and all these kind of like, again, people are like, are you kidding me right now? Did she not do it? No, there's like, it's like taking my MD mentality and my therapy hat and taking it in a way that's not judgmental and is not forced down your throat and is not religious based but definitely takes in mind all the things you've been through. 
Yeah. And how do you heal yourself in a way that may be through seeing a butterfly? Yeah. Or realizing you're standing on the most powerful rooted oak tree. Mm-hmm. And there are signs. There are. Oh, just have to be open. And you just have to be open. And it's interesting because, you know, one of the signs of going through things like that or life moments, whether it's being diagnosed with a health issue, losing a loved one, financial shifts, career shifts, all the things, we all have the power to say, why me? Or what next? Or yes. how am I going to forge forward? Yeah. Right? And there's no, again, right or wrong. But as we reflected earlier with a war like this, or with like being a child of having a moment where your parents get divorced, you lose your businesses, your dad die all within five months to the day and just go, what the, what, what's the point? And you don't realize you make these decisions because that's not who you are as a human spirit, but you are a human and have the right, like God, I've been, I've been following you and leaning into you and believing in you and speaking on you. And where are you? Yeah. So these are God moments where like a war people can go, where were the, where was security? Where were cops? Where was God? Where was like, how does this happen moment? And it is interesting how we have to collect ourselves. Yeah all starting right here yes absolutely. and manage our mindset yeah yeah because it really is the difference between how we keep getting back up yes yes that's the key that is the key and being a visionary like you don't have to know how it's going to figure itself out whether you're going to be the golden bachelorette <laughs> or there's going to be another iteration of another beautiful Jerry Douglas that comes into your life. I don't know, Felicia. I don't know. I don't know. I just think, well, who wouldn't want you? Oh, you'd be surprised in this town how, you know, interesting. Well, it's there's not. a bigger world than this, this town. You're right. You're right. You're right. And I know you're here right now. But if Drew Barrymore calls you up, you just might be taking a place in New York and you just you just don't know how things play out. And when I get the phone call, Felicia, are you sitting down? Yeah. I'll be like, I'm ready. Lay it on me, girlfriend. Yep. I I receive all of that good stuff from you. I really do. Yeah, no. Well, and I and I mean it to my from my heart to yours. And, you know, from a perspective of now going through all these things that you've lived through, unfortunately, the loss of Jerry, you know, thankfully surviving breast cancer, having shows come and go, you know, knowing that you've had a lot of success up till now and you have a lot of success ahead of you. And with your purpose and your cause of like going forward. If you could, and I, and I don't know, you know, if you want to share this or not, but as a visionary and as a person who knows how to plant seeds and tow the field, so to speak, and manifest, what would you like to manifest? I mean, your mother lived into near, you know, 90 something. So you've got a good 30, 40 years really. Yeah. Wow. Easily. That's a whole nother life. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's so interesting. And, you know, ever since I was 12, how we started this 
conversation, how interesting it is that we're literally coming full circle right now. You know, at 12, I knew I had it all planned out. And now at 64, Mm -hmm. I don't have a clue, Felicia. Mm -hmm. I don't have a clue. And there's some freedom in that. There's some absolute um, excitement and openness. Um, I don't know what's ahead for me. I just signed with a literary agent named Jan Miller to write another book. Um, I I have some things going on in New York at Fox News. There's a possibility of another show with 20th Century Fox. My son is in New York. There's a, funny enough that you'd say this. You seem to be a little bit um, psychic, but my dear, our dear friend Matt Wright, who worked on. Um, on uh, Soap Talk with us has just gone over from Ellen, who I worked with for 19 years to Drew Barrymore yeah. and called me. So that was a little bit interesting that you brought that up. Um, and, um, you know, Hunter's in New York, like I say, and there, there's a lot of, uh, of maybe not pivots, but there's a lot of open coals that I think I just need to grab onto and maybe reach out for um, and and take the reins. I'm a little afraid because for 37 years, I had my anchor or my root that was Jerry and he's gone now. But I think that maybe the Lord showed me that he's my root in that oak tree and I'm my root, you know, he's holding me up, but I've got to, so maybe, um, maybe not having that perfect plan like I did at 12 and no Mrs. Peterson in front of me. Um, I just have to kind of step out and see what's ahead. And there's something kind of exciting in that too. Well, you do have Mrs. Peterson sitting in front of you. Oh, what a great way to wrap this up. You're right. You're a little, you're a lot prettier, a little more magical, (laughs) a little more, uh, youthful, but you know what? I think God does keep putting Mrs. Peterson's in front of all of us. That's right. In front of Amen all of to us. that. That is exactly, that was my point to that. Yeah. That was exactly, I love how you picked that up where I was putting down girlfriend. It's absolutely the truth. If we're, if we're staying open, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because we have lots of reasons why we can shut down. Like you said, close the shades and watch 24 seven, you know, give me the chocolate cookies. I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll just stay here. Yeah. But knowing who you are, even, even in the little way that I do, I'm I'm not saying I know that to the core, you have so much more life spirit to not only live into, but to share and to continue to spread your fairy dust and make a lot of people laugh and happy. And you know what, Kim, I also love that you're, you're willing to show that other side. Yeah. Because I don't know in 2003 to six, you would have matter of fact, I, I would guarantee you wouldn't have. Yep. Because that would have been not because you're not authentic, but because of all the other things. Yeah. And even if I pulled you aside, I went, I want to have a really authentic conversation. Be like, listen, man, I'm you're getting me. Like you get yeah. like I, I'm I'm here, but this is me, authentic. Yeah. And I would have said, no worries. 
Yeah. But inside of me, you know, you're getting to know a little bit more about who I am is that I do, I do go deep, but not deep in a way that's going to make you go, oh, I can't. No, I want it. Like I said, I want it light and fun too. And I love that. But with that, we can like bring the pasta with the, you know, the regalta and we can bring the, the, and we can mix it up for the reasons that really are not only joyful for the two of us to share, yeah, but get to share enlightening moments with other people to go, wow, it doesn't have to be black or white. No. And you don't have to know, you know, it, it's, believe me, it's much more vulnerable to sit here with your audience and you and say, I don't know. I don't know what's ahead. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm unsure. I'm on a little bit of shaky ground, but you know, I'm being honest with you. I'm being vulnerable. And I find that ever since having cancer and sharing that, what that does is it opens other people's walls to say, me too. You know, I'm 20 and I'm there. I'm 70 and I'm there. I don't know either, but it's okay. It is okay. And it's interesting. So even though you made the declaration about Jessica Savage, or I had the walls up of all the top comedians and all the awards and all that, we didn't know how it was going to turn out. Those are being visionaries. You don't have to know. And this is part of being present in life. So where you are right now is like exactly the perfect place you're supposed to be. You know, this is exactly preparing you for all the things that are about to come. And it's really an exciting time because you couldn't receive and accept all those things if it weren't for the, you know, the clearing the ways or the moving of the energy and the opening up those possibilities. If you had things going on that would be like, no, I'm sorry. That's so, uh, that's so awesome. But no, I'm going to have to pass. No, you're not in a half to pass now. No, you get to say yes or no, but on a whole nother power play. Yes. Right. It's true. A little more on my terms than, you know, we always have that executive producer that's kind of telling us what we can do and what we can't do. Yeah, no. And I mean, not only with the executive producer, what you can and can't do, but even the responsibilities in the immediate, right? You're right. right. And And of course, Jerry's always with you. I mean, Jerry's traveling with you wherever, you know, he's like, come on, let's go to New York. (laughs) Let's make it. We didn't get to do New York together. Let's go do New York together. It's true. And he's like, and we'll do it together. But I'm going to also give you space to like, I'm going to line you up with the right the right man so you have more laughing more more twinkle moments of joy and and, you know and sharing your life with and and what whatever and however but I mean I do I know yes I know Matt's over there but before Matt went over there I also was like because like yourself he and I had also, unfortunately, lost touch all those years that you guys were down. It was just a great season. No. <laughs> and, um, and I'm, again, so happy that you guys had that run. Really, really great. And it was so good. I was so good to see you both shine. Um, but yeah, at, at, I don't even remember when I said it to we were communicating. Because we were also supposed to try to get together before they effectively moved. 
And I literally, I don't know, at one point I just put it out there. I was like, so, you know, you're going to bring Kim on, right? Like, like that's happening, right? And he's like, oh my God, I'm working on that. And I was like, I know. It's, oh. it's a done thing. Like, that's, this is my Oprah letter. It's yeah, a done thing. That's your under the door. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I try, I keep these things under wraps, Kim, but, but uh, that's truly what, like, how I see things. I, I receive it and I'm open to it. And like you say, whatever opens up, I think you and I are going to walk through and that's, that's well, and I not only think we're going to walk through, but I definitely want to do more things with you, you know, talking on your platforms and sharing and inspiring and, um, staying connected. That would be great, Felicia. I would love that. Well, you have just been for for not being able to hear one another or I know. You not being able to hear me at the beginning. I think we've completely heard each other. Yes. Beautiful, loving, Perfect. sisterly, supportive. Just, you know, celebrating each other in yeah. a way that really just makes me sing, even though my voice sounds so raspy and rough. You sound perfect. Your Demi Moore meets Gilda Radner meets Felicia. You're just perfect. And I'm just so proud of you before. I mean, we're probably ended now, but I just want to let you know on a personal note, I'm just so proud of you. This is really brave of you and it's not easy to do. And uh, it takes a lot of commitment and I'm just really proud of you. And I love seeing you soar and you sharing your heart with others because you have so much to give and you're so blessed. You have a beautiful husband and a wonderful home and a great career and a gorgeous family. So I just, you know, what more can you ask for? You're just, you're killing it at life. You're killing Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. It really means a lot. I, I you know, I, I do feel very blessed. And as you know, you know, <clears throat> none of this stuff comes because you didn't make a commitment and dedicate the, the, it may look like the ice cream parlor, <clears throat> but you got to work at all this stuff and nothing, nothing as we all both know is forever because change is inevitable. And so you have to like, just love it when you, when things are the best, you know, you can create them to be yeah. right. You are you, my love. And thank you I love for you. me. And thank we- you for saying yes. Yeah. I didn't mean to talk over, but thank you so much for saying yes. This is going to be a delight to share. I can't wait. Okay. You, love you. Mwah. Bye for now. Thank you so much for being a part of this community and hanging out around the campfire with Kim and myself. And I hope that in those conversations that we have had, that your takeaway was to really stand for who you are and be open to the pivots as life is always changing and know that the Mrs. Petersons in your life do exist and are standing right before you, cheering you on. I cannot wait for you to listen to next Next week's guest, Melissa Peterman, and myself gathered together around the campfire. It's a joy to have you here. It's a joy to create connection and conversation with all these powerful women and have you be a part of this community. Share, subscribe, tell everybody this is what we're doing over here. This is how we're gathering around a campfire where we get to be authentically ourselves and share our stories, our life experiences, and how we keep getting up and succeeding. Much love. Have a great week. Bye for now.